0: For most of humanity, there's been a system of government where a small minority rules over the people. From emperors to monarchs to oligarchs, the will of the people, the desire for self-determination has been repressed. A group of visionaries envisioned a nation ruled by its citizens, one where leaders were chosen by its people to be held accountable. Hence, the United States of America was born. That dream of democracy has been defiled. We find today, our nation is run by a minority not held accountable to its people. Instead, special interests and money are the driving forces of our government. At Candidates Platform, we look to restore that vision. Our goal is twofold, to educate voters on the issues of the candidates running for local and state office, and to give the citizen the opportunity to run for office by having a simple, intuitive, cost-effective place to manage their campaign. Let's work together to restore democracy to the people.
1: Hello, hello. This is Diego signing on with the CP Show. I have a special guest with me, a special co-host. I have Mateo here, a little Kathleen. She is out for the day, she was not able to
2: make it, so we did a little bit of adjustments, and we have um, we have Mateo here. How are you doing, Mateo? I'm doing great. It's uh, great to be back. Last time I was on the show, I talked to Kathleen, and it uh, looks like this time I'll be talking to you, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's yeah. always a pleasure. I
1: think it's gonna be it's gonna be a good show. I think we can definitely uh, kind of get get into some good details and kind of go over what's going on. Um, this is going to be kind of a slightly more casual show. Um, we do want to kind of give a quick update to what we're doing. Um, so Tyveus is still going well. We're building the website up. We are about a month and a half out from launch, so we're very busy, very excited about that. Um, I'm looking very much forward to it and we will definitely let you guys know when it's live to go give it a look. Um, so we have just been, you know, doing that. We're going to be starting the go very, very soon, so look out for that. That's going to be all over social media. Um, you know, we love your support and just being able to keep us independent from special interest groups, so that means the world to us. Um, we actually are going to be taking on that note a little bit about hiatus from the show. Uh, this is kind of the crunch time and we're just putting all of our hours and effort um, into building the website to creating the best service and product that we can. The logistics of it are just—it's just quite immense, and so we're definitely—we're um, really looking forward to it. We will be going on a little bit of a hiatus while we get that worked out and figured out. We will be back. I'm going to be very excited to be back. I'm going to miss doing this. It's been a fantastic—you know—over a year now we've been doing it, and, and it's just been great. So, I definitely am looking forward to to, to coming back. Um, we will be back soon. I'm just going to take a short little break so we can fully delve ourselves into the project and just create the best product so that that way hopefully we can have just the the best outcome with our elections and and being able to get the local levels getting people involved so um on that note i think what we're going to do is we're going to kind of have a a, a cp viewpoint set, segment where we kind of just are going to go over uh kind of what's going on and just kind of uh talk about what's, what we're feeling
2: and how we're feeling with everything so uh mateo why don't you go ahead and uh, Right. Yeah. So, you know, um, just before we get into that, I just want to say, talk to the audience a bit, you know, uh, you know, as I'm sure you guys already have told them, uh, we're rebranding to Kyvius. Um, you know, I think just to kind of update the viewers, I'm sure that they're very interested and passionate about, you know, what, what exactly the process has been like for us. Um, I think personally, you know, um, and I think one of the reasons, you know, that it's been required of us or you guys more specifically to take a hiatus from um, this radio show mainly results to just, you know, the, the amount of work that goes into building a company from the ground up and really starting from, you know, grassroots funding, um, which is why we're also trying to have that GoFundMe page a little bit more, um, you know, advertise and get that going soon. Um, and I think, uh, you know, one of the things I was really curious about, um Maybe I think people would be interested to hear your perspective about how do you think, what do you think are the biggest challenges of you know, creating a startup? What do you think in your experience has been the most difficult aspect um, of trying to get this off the ground? Well, I think the, for, for those of you that they are
1: kind of interested in starting a business, whatever it may be, the the first step really is is to kind of deal with the government uh so first initially gonna be your state government um getting your your company whether it's an llc a corporation a sole proprietorship whatever it may be you have to get registered with your state and every state's a little bit different um and what you do is you just have to fill out this kind of complicated form pay a fee and and then just deal with kind of the state bureaucracy and government so getting that essentially so that your your business is registered and so it's it's actually it's an entity um so that was definitely challenging um as you know doing that well over about three years ago now um when i started i had no idea how any of it worked i, I really didn't exactly know the difference between an llc and the corporation we now have i now have one of each and Starting it up, that was that was kind of the most compl- complicated thing, the most confusing thing. Um, for those of you who maybe want are looking to get into it, what I would recommend you do is um, just go on YouTube and or go on Google and just kind of read, learn, read about it, learn about it. Pick the best thing for you. But um, I, I, for me, to answer your question, that would be the tough. That was kind of the toughest thing, which that's the initial startup of, of figuring it all out and figuring how it worked and and just kind of getting it started on, on the government side of things. And then that's not even including the federal government with your uh, tax information. So, yeah, what about you? Because uh, for those who don't know, Mateo does, he's kind of our our numbers guy, he's our finance guy. So he's the one who goes and kind of puts, you know, he's the one putting together our cost benefit, all that kind of stuff. and. Um, uh, what would you say your
2: toughest experience has
1: been in this project so far? Right, right?
2: Well, as you know, Diego, um, and our viewers don't, you know, as, as you know, being a small grassroots uh, startup company, and I'm sure most people can imagine, you know, regardless of me being the finance guy, you know, someone else being the operations, uh, kind of you know, breaking it down that way, you kind of wear every hat. And um, I think that's the most difficult, but also the most exciting and rewarding part about the startup process is, you know, you really have to kind of become master um, uh, jack of all trades, I should say. And uh, you have to be able to really, like, adapt your work ethic and essentially what your uh, expertise is based on whatever your business needs are. Um, One of the most interesting things, you know, I have a finance background that came into this uh, on this project to kind of help out on the finance end of things um, you know, but very quickly, once a lot of the needs that we had for that specific area of the business kind of were satisfied, well, you know, you don't just say, oh, well, there's something no more finance work I can do, so I guess I'll just hang out. You have to kind of look and move on to the next thing that needs to be done for the business. In our case, it kind of came down to our, our marketing, our sales approach. And so that right now is something that I have no experience in. Um, but it's something that, you know, through reading books, uh, you know, watching videos, doing a little bit of education, you know, self-education, you kind of can supplement your your lack of knowledge in certain areas to really become much more, um, you know, efficient and much more of an asset to the business. And, uh, and yeah, and it's awesome because, you know, you get to actually, you know, one of the things I think, too, that I really noticed about starting, you know, being a part of a startup and starting your own company. Um Coming out of the university, you know, you are reading about all these things, like in finance, you read about all these different finance concepts, you know, like how to, you know, what, what's the better balance of debt and equity or, you know, how to do all these things. And you read about it in theory um, applied to certain companies. But, you know, there seems to be a lack of connection. I know for myself, there was a big lack of connection in terms of this was a company I never heard of prior to reading this case study. It's a company I didn't care about. And it wasn't interesting, and it had no impact or effect on anything that I was doing. So it was really hard to kind of uh, make a good association and really make sense of, you know, what you're learning. But now looking at it from a perspective where I'm like, okay, we're creating a marketing approach or we're creating our sales pitch. Um, and so you go out and you do some education, you read a bit on how to do that. Then you start to notice, okay, well, I'm reading this concept. How can I apply it to my business and how can I really make it more um, how can we it applicable so that way we're able to actually do, uh, you know, good work for whatever we're doing? So I have to kind of sum it up and say that, you know, the hardest part but the most exciting part is, is just that, that wide range of expertise that's really needed for this position.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, you know, coming going from, you know, college and stuff and, and undergrad and master's and everything, you, you you do understand the theory of how things work but it's so different than the practical side of things um, it, it really you know you kind of no matter how trained you are and classically educated you are you really are not gonna get that understanding until you actually go out and do it um, and which would really be my recommendation for for anyone who wants to you know just thing to starting any kind of business is at the end of the day you know you need Prepare as much as you can and, and, and be ready. But you're gonna have to, you know, initially pull that trigger and and jump off the cliff and and you have to do that. You have to be willing to do that and, and be able to, to rough it out. And there it, it gets confusing. Um, but that's the great thing now with you know with the, with the internet or books, whatever, you can you can get all that information so easily. So I, I would recommend it, but it is it is tough. You do have to like you, like Mateo was saying you kind of have to figure out everything. I mean, I I kind of had to learn. um, You know, I I I had to kind of learn a lot, quite a lot of things that I really never took any um, interest or in previously of of things that were completely out of my field. So it's been it's been a really interesting ride for the most part. It's been really good, but I I've enjoyed it and I um, am. looking forward to kind of what it brings down the road from here, but I I think. um, What's the what would you say the thing is that you're looking forward to the most,
2: kind of in the next you know coming up this coming up year? What, what would be the thing you're most excited for? I think I'm most excited to kind of um, what I'm really excited for is actually going to be well once the website's launched and uh, you know we're really in business at that point. Now it's no more planning. It's not you know let's write it out and this is what could happen. It's really just going to be it either happens or it doesn't. And in, in this scenario, it's going to happen. Um, But to the extent of, of, you know, how well does it happen, does what we projected, what we planned for, does it, you know, do we execute close to what we wanted, do we execute better? Um, And I think it's going to be kind of literally taking uh, and assessing, you know, our judgment and everything, all the work we put into it um, and seeing the results and then, you know, going from that and saying, all right, well, if the results were not favorable for us, all right, what did we do wrong? What were the areas that we needed to improve on? How can we do this better going forward? And if we do really well, why why were we selling ourselves short? You know, um, we have data now. What what can we do with this? You know, this is something that's working. What can we do with this going forward? And how can we keep this momentum going? Uh, I'd have to say I'm really excited for you know just seeing where this all ends up going. It's gonna be. in my opinion, you know, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, you know, if you never, if you never go to bat, uh, you're never going to get, you know, a hit. And um, it's just exciting to finally be at the point where, okay, now it's going to, now we're going to bat. We're going to see what happens. We're going to take our swing. Yeah, I think mean, I'm looking forward to most.
1: Um, I mean, obviously, you know, the website being being built and launching and everything, um, massively exciting. But for me, the thing I'm, I'm most looking forward to would be when we have someone who, who. You know, uses our platform and then wins their election. Um, I, I would just love to hear from that person and, and kind of, you know, in my ideal world, he would say, you know, I, I think I couldn't have done it without without um, Tyveus, you know, and, and that that for me would really be the most exciting thing because at the end of the day, you know, that, that's what we're doing it for um, more than anything else is is to to affect to kind of affect this change. In the way we do politics at the lower levels, and, and and that would be my you know my success story would be for for someone to come up to me and, and say you know because of this I I made I made an educated vote and I, I knew exactly who I was voting for and why I was voting for this person or on the candidate side to say you know I was able to you know I'm not someone who you know traditionally was would run I'm not that kind of person um, I didn't have a huge amount of money but. Uh, I, was, you know, I used your your website, your services, and because of that I'm, I'm now in a place where I can affect um, change for my community. So if that if that happens, that would just be would be really, really, really something really something fantastic.
2: And you know, I, I think there's a good chance of that. So yeah, that's very very noble of you. No. <laughs> but no, at the end of the day, that's that's you know, that's really what the the value and the missions are of our platform mm-hmm. is really what, what we're trying to do. We're trying to one change candidates' lives, change voters' lives, and by doing that, change our democracy for the better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're really making we're really doing something that I think is very meaningful um, and can you know, and, and we need it. You know, this country needs it right now. There's all this division. People are starting to notice how much. and you know, I think COVID really brought that to light. Yeah. How much you know, local politicians actually influence your life. You know, are your kids in school? Do they have to wear masks? It's all your school board's deciding that. You know, and, and I think that this is the perfect timing for us. You know, we we've lived our we were talking about this earlier. We've lived
1: our lives now for the last year, I think, kind of almost of 2021 um, in Arizona in Phoenix. We pretty much lived our lives uh, as as if they were normal. You know, before COVID, um, you know, people I guess obviously did have it, but you know, looking back at it, everything we you know was normal. I don't know when was the last time I, I wore a mask. Um, and then you know you have people uh you know i, I have friends you know I, I grew up in new york city who whose lives you know their 2021 was dominated by kind of living with covid um with whether it be vaccine you know mandates or or whatever it may be you know so the difference you know we're in the same country the difference is is, is our local politicians and whether you think you know a is right or b is right it, it you, know, you need to we need to kind of look at it this way and and unfortunately, you know everyone says politics are broken, but it's it's just been so broken for so long. I don't even ever know if it was working correctly at the local level. you know I've been in it now since 2010 and local politics is just it's just its own beast um, that's because of its anonymity is run so poorly with such little you know integrity and oversight so. Change that, I think, for the
2: for the better, would be would be really would be really huge for for all of us. So right, yeah. right. No, I agree. And I, I think speaking on the whole COVID situation, you know, and this might be a good segue into our kind of candidates' platform view on the world type of uh, program. But you know, what do you um, what do you see? How do you see you know five years from now? How do you see us coming out of this pandemic? And then also, you know, do, do you see any lasting consequences from the pandemic? And additionally, you know how we look back on these past three years—is I think it's three years at this it, point. It will be. You we're know, going into the third year. Yeah, yeah. we're going into the third yeah. year. It's almost been two full years since March of 2020 when the pandemic was declared. Um, you know how are we going to look back at that in, in the rearview mirror? You know, is it going to be something that we're like, "What the heck were we all doing?" Or, <laughs> you know, are they gonna be like, "Oh, we did the best we could." I have my own views, but what are yours? I mean, socially, I think you
1: know we're, we're going to look at this socially as kind Of, I think what people are going to do is, is they're going to fall kind of trajectory. They've been so I think we're going to be splitting the two opinions of like, what the hell are we doing? Why did we do this? And then people who said, you know, we, we we saved the world essentially. Um, I, I think there's going to be big fall because the biggest thing it showed was the um, lack of equity, both you know, socially as well as politically. You know, we we've now had it where you know, we've had so many politicians and celebrities and whatnot, you know, basically saying one thing about it and then and then doing another, you know, they they have their they, they tell people, well, no, you can't do this, but but they go to their massless parties and post quarters and doors. And I think there's a lot of anger towards them. I, I don't know which way. I'm not so sure you know, everyone talks about this. You know, the GOP is going to, you know, dominate and take everything back. I don't know because I think a lot of people are tired with with them as well, um, and so I, I don't know which way it's going to go. I, I kind of honestly think we're going to be kind of looking at more or less a continuation of this stalemate. I think it'll flip in the geo in the you know the Republicans' favor, but I think it's still going to be very close. It's going to be these very close margins. You know, the Senate, one or two votes, and then. 10 to 20 in the house I don't I don't foresee personally this you know this massive sweep or wave either way our country is, is pretty radically split down the middle um and there's two roughly equal camps that that believe very very fervently um, and, and and in the younger people I think are, are more so you know I mean uh, whether you're talking to to you know young conservatives or young, young progressives i mean it's essentially it's uh it, the, the fervor that they believe in uh is, is really really intense and so i don't know i'm i'm, I'm not sure i think i think we're going to be kind of keeping this stalemate down for a while what about you you think we're gonna
2: yeah i'd like to address that question and kind of take a well i think you know how we're gonna look back at the pandemic after you know a couple of years but a, to that, I think you're right. But I think I think the thing that the issue is that we're kind of like, we're represented by two extremes. We have two options, and they're both pretty far opposed from each other. Mm-hmm. Like, Democrats offer a very radically different view of the world than Republicans. And we're bouncing back and forth between the two. How yeah. yeah. so? Well, I mean, you know, four years of... Right, yeah, right, right. Four right. years this way, four yeah. years this way, you know what I'm Yeah, so, we clearly have such a different like a divide. However, <clears throat> I think that there's a lot of people that you know identify because yeah, I mean look, everybody that's politically involved, you gotta pick the left you gotta pick the right. Yeah, Democrats, Republicans. There's no, there is no third option. There's no, I mean, you have the libertarians, yeah. all those parties that actually aren't, you know, anything. But I think what that kind of causes too is that, you know, if you look at it like there's so many, I don't know why it's so why politicians, um, you know, for example, a Republican politician has to take. Republican Party stance on every issue. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't say, all right, look, like I think Republicans have it right when it comes to, you know, a, a certain issue, but when it comes to another issue, all right, I think the Democrats have a point here. I don't think that the way that they're going to deal with it is correct, but maybe let's address it this way. I think that's what's missing right now. It's, it just seems that it's just, it's just I guess, you know, to sum it up, it's just a game of politics. It's yeah. just a game of, you know, we're doing it one way and you're doing it another way.
1: Well, it's like John Austin. Uh, Dem- the Democratic senator from Georgia had, um, you know, he's he's trying to find a Republican senator to co-sponsor his bill that, you know, um, Congress, Congress people uh, can't trade stocks while in office. Right, um, and right. So they, I, think, I think that includes their spouse, um, you know, has to kind of go into a blind trust and they can't do individual um, trades, essentially, which is something a lot of them have been doing for the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, and I think that's something that actually a lot of Republican both people as well as congressmen would support, but there's just that radical kind of you know well, you know blue blue is that blue you know came up with it so reds against it and right and, and vice versa I mean you know I think with the previous president a lot of stuff there was there that would, I think most Democrats would have liked but you know it was Trump so. They're not
2: trying to go for it, so, right, you know, I agree 100%, you know, just going to that point, I think it uh, it kind of sums up how the, another uh, kind of furthers your point about how there's been a lot of, uh, the pandemic has shown a lot of inequity, um, you know, for people in power versus the rest of us. I think that's so true, because if you look at it, you know, Nancy Pelosi's the name that strikes out, but I know it's it's happened, I saw a chart yesterday on Twitter. Of people, of con- members of Congress who've been in the S and P 500 in the past two three years, mm-hmm. and um, you know, there was both Republicans and there was actually more Republicans than there was Democrats. But Nancy Pelosi was up there, like number two or three, beating it by like ten points, yeah, yeah. ten percent, is ridiculous, you know. Um, oh, and I'm not savvy,
1: savvy of a trader,
2: so no, no, <laughs> of course not. I mean, even the best hedge funds, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's like, and and I think that kind of gets to the point. I think. Um, one of the things that the pandemic has really shown is it's shown a lot of the politicians to be frauds. I think people really understand now that most of these people are just saying what's going to get them reelected next, you know, next election, come election day. Right. Right. Um, so I think, you know, I think when we look back at the pandemic, we're going to look back, uh, and I think we're going to, we're going to, one of the things that I think is going to be a very big issue is kind of how this pandemic really affected people, honestly, under the age of 20, 21 yeah. years old. Uh, I think even college kids had it really, you know, really tough. I mean, even I, college, I, yeah, I had the, you know, COVID hit for the past for the last one and a half years of my college experience. Um, at that time, obviously, I was a little bit more over the. I was, I was ready to get out of college. I was tired of going to class, I was tired of all that stuff. I got to also study abroad for one of those days. Or I mean, one of those semesters. So, really, only two semesters I was in the states for it. Um, you know, and it was it, what it really what it really did is it, it was a detriment to my education because online learning is just terrible. You can't learn. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, additionally, I had roommates and stuff, but I can't imagine if I was just living at home. I wasn't able to see my friends. You know, I wasn't able to interact with people my own age. And also, you know, that's such an important time socially to develop. Um, and I think it only got people it only got kids are my, you know, in high school and younger hooked on things like TikTok and social media Video games got them more involved with that, which I think is a detriment to them. And yeah. um, you know, and I think it's it's just yeah, it's it's one of the things that we totally neglected to look at and assess, you know, kind of the risk reward situation with this with all the lockdowns that we did. Yeah, I mean, suicidal um kind of thoughts uh, rat
1: like drastically increased. I think it was sixty five percent in high school age kids because of it. I mean, you know. I can just think, you know, when I'm stuck at home, especially as a kid, um, you know, just just to be stuck at home and not be able to, you know, go out be with your friends, interact with other kids, you know, you're, 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 you're really, you're in, you know, a solitary confinement-esque type situation. And, and they say that's, you know, that's detrimental to fully
2: grown adults. And also think about, we're talking about equity too. Think about it. You know, the majority of people that have it worse in pandemics are people that are of lower income. Yeah. And those kids are the ones that are in, you know, two bedroom apartments, maybe with a family of four. Mm-hmm. Or, you or, know, I mean, abuse. I mean, you know, yeah. So many kids, uh, you know,
1: their one reprieve from their abusive, you know, alcoholic father or, or you know, mentally abusive mother is school. It, it gives them that ability to be gone. And, and, And then not only school, but then to leave the house for the evening. And, you know, so they only stay stay out. Right. They only sleep at home. Um, So now these kids are stuck and forced to stay with these, you know, these terrible people. I mean, you know, I have a friend of mine who worked for HUD in um, in New York City. And and the stuff he tells me, or he told me that that went on there, I mean, you just can't fathom it. And to be forced to to stay there, you know, I, I think... We're going to have a real issue with, with so many kids growing up of just antisocial behavior. There was a whole thing that was really interesting with um, serial killers. So, in the, you know, all these serial killings were all in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, when it was real popular. And they were the children of the generation that went to the Second World War. And it's because of all the trauma and then the First World War. So, all the trauma and, and you know, violence that, that, that those you know, men went through, it, it affected them and, and then they were, it affected their children the way they raised them and that's what created so many, you know, so many serial killers and so, you know, abusive behaviors, antisocial behaviors and so now we have a whole host of kids, a you know, whole generation that now has had these, you know, antisocial and, you know, negative traits kind of reinforced in them and I don't know, I thought, you know, maybe we'll have a, another wave, because we, you know, when the last time we was a serial killer, I don't, I don't even I feel know. Like,
2: I feel like our thing nowadays seems to be school shootings, you know, like yeah. school shootings these days, like serial killers yeah. were around back in those days. Yeah, I guess we're more, do it all at once, you know, yeah, know you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no,
1: I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see, but. The serial killer almost happened, you heard it first year. Yeah, so we're calling we're, it. We're, we're calling right. it 20 yeah. years from now, maybe like 10, 15 years from yeah. now.
2: Se- uh, yeah, serial killers. So there serial we go, be on the lookout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but no, I, I think it's, um, it's good to... I think people are looking at this now. People have gotten past the fear right. of just, you
2: know... Which, um, you know, I mean, realistically, uh, it was always a fear that was very irrational in my opinion oh uh, yeah you know it was, a, it was a fear of like i mean even from i remember i my you know i've always had a kind of standpoint um on you know covid of you know obviously yeah like there's a high death toll because it's going around and it's spreading really quickly mm-hmm. um but you know really like you know the, your chances of death they're not you know it's not oh it's like you know what one like percent of people that had covid died say it's they one or two percent right i think yeah it's 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 like one percent of everyone
1: who's had it has died. Right. But I think mean, now
2: it's less. I mean, it's like now it's like point one percent or something like that. Yeah. Anyways, let's just say the number's less than two percent, just to give, you know, a little bit more leniency to the people that might be skeptical of right. these things, right? So say we're at two percent, you know, people are dying from COVID. It's not two percent for everybody, right? Like it's two percent uh, when you look at it as a whole but when you break it down you know the, the category of your age um you know how many other illnesses you might have if you have any autoimmune diseases like it breaks down and the percentages increases and decrease depending on your health you know level and um you know i just it, i remember always hearing people that were like healthy normal mm-hmm. people just frightened to death of the, the fact that they were going to get covid and you know pass away and um of course it's scary but then again also you know so everyone was on board and completely bought into hey we need to make sure that uh We don't have any, you know, we don't have, we we have to shut everything down at all costs, whatever we need. Um, But I think the biggest issue that we never really looked at is, all right, how many lives are we gonna save by doing this? But what's gonna be the negative outcome effect of this? For example, (coughs) just uh, 2021, the the number one cause of death in America I think was I think just flat out the number one cause of death was fentanyl right yeah yeah yeah, yeah fentanyl drugs so why are we taking fentanyl why is that why is that a, a situation um, and I think the reason is because now we've had people who are more uh, reliant on opioids and you know all these kind of things that escape their reality we have uh, people that are severely depressed because of the isolation that it's caused and you think about how sad it's been for people of old older it's really affected the old and the young more than anybody else and uh that's i think that's what we're gonna look back on we're gonna say you know shit we really messed up some things for some people um you know for our young kids and 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 for our old people during the last years yeah no it's um i mean we
1: really need to you know we had a lot of in my opinion i'm kind of the same way i think there's so many bigger issues um to the average person i think we need to work on you know there was a point where covid was the biggest, but at this point, especially you now, and now obviously this isn't one. if you're elderly or have you know, com- comorbidities, then it's still a major problem for you. But now we're at the point where it's really, you know, for me, for example, the chances of me dying of COVID are, I think, 0.001%. I mean, it's, it's infinitesimally small. And so we need, you know, but, but I am at a much higher risk of, of cardiac arrest. And worse, you know, and, and so someone like me, who is in a city that has banned gyms, is safe from the thing that, you know, has a one in a million chance of killing him. But but he's now, you know, you now gained weight and you're not exercising, not getting your cardio in. So now you're worsening the thing you have a 25% chance of dying for. And it's it, it's just, it's crazy. It's right. just, it's, right. um, you know, we need to be focusing on, on what's, you know what's more serious on an individual level and i think that's right. what we what we always used to do we used to have doctors that would say all right you know you need to worry on this about this thing not this thing right um you know uh if, you know I, I don't think that uh if uh you know i have bad cholesterol I, I don't think we should remove butter from all popcorn right you know you know i think right. the people with the great cholesterol they can eat the butter um but i shouldn't and i think that's what we need to do we need to take
2: that step by step and kind of uh Look at that a little bit more. Right, right, right. No, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. You know, I think I think that's a big part of it, too, is uh, is you really got to look at it and you got to say to yourself, um, you know, what have we done? What have we really done here? And say, you know, was it for the better? Was it for the better? And I, I don't know if we can say that. I don't really know if we can say that at this point. You know, I, I, just, I just don't know. I think our
1: lives are, for so many people, are worse than they used to be. I mean, you know, you think about it, it was, it, it was, we, we've solved this problem, but what about the problem of, you know, childhood obesity? What about oh the, my God. Yeah, I've mean, seen a lot of fat kids around it, it's, gotten, it's gotten worse. It's yes, gotten worse. I is. mean, if you go to a school, um, and, you know, you could go to any school now, and, you know, when I was, and I'm not that far out uh, of high school, it was, you know, 5%, I'd say it would be generous. I, I would... I would say it's 50 percent now. I probably, think, probably you know, around fifty, probably. Yeah, cause I was going around and, you know, not 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 counting or anything, but I didn't notice it. And I think, and that's just not good for, you know, for, for anyone for their for their health. Um, it's 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 just it's a massive strain on your joints. I mean,
2: oh, obesity is yeah. probably the worst. It's it's one of the worst things that everyone can easily. I mean, easily is a little bit of a light term, but Matt, everyone has the ability to at least take that or mitigate that, you know, know, negative aspect of their lives via just a couple, you know, I guess just really through discipline, Mm -hmm. through discipline, I I mean, it comes down to, yeah,
1: well, we'll, listen, if we're talking about that, what would be your, what's your,
2: you know, workout, regimen? what would you, what would you recommend? Right, right, so I think, you know, if you're someone starting out that is obese, um, I I think what you got to start out is you got to start just getting it. Really getting focused on, all right, four days, five days a week, I'm going to do a sort of activity. That's the biggest thing. You just Walking. have to go walk, Yeah. stair climber, 30 minutes to an hour, you know what I mean? And that can include your breaks. You just got to get into the habit of if it's something that you're going to build on, mm-hmm. right? And then secondly, while you're doing that, I think also number two, try and have a more balanced diet mm-hmm. and also try and not eat out. Try and cook your own food and try and get good ingredients.
0: Avoid the things sun. from a
2: box. Yes, yeah, everything I, from a box. box. Yeah, you know, just no boxes, no boxes. Yeah. You know, stick with you know chicken, stick with meats. You know, lay off of things like butter, lay off of uh, fats that aren't are, are unnecessary. You know, you don't have to radically change your diet. Um, but you know, it's it's one of the things that if you put those two in combination and you continue that over months, four, five, six months you know, you will see results. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you know, find something that you're interested in, you know, do a sport, uh, you know, I, whatever you want, you know, something that's just going to get you in there all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, I think um, this has been, you know, we're, I'm really enjoying kind of going over kind of the ills of society. I think it's, it's good for us all to, to be aware of it. We are going to take a quick break um, and we will be right back. We're going to kind of continue this conversation. Um, it's been just fun kind of talking with everyone. We will be back right after the break. Hope everyone
0: see you then. For most of humanity, there's Um, been a system of government where a small minority rules over the people.
2: From emperors to monarchs to
0: oligarchs, the will of the people, the desire for self-determination has been repressed. A group of visionaries envisioned a nation ruled by its citizens, (laughs) one where leaders were chosen by its people to be held accountable. Hence, the United States of America was born. That dream of democracy has been defiled. We find today our nation is run by a minority not held accountable to its people. Instead, special interests and money are the driving forces of our government. At Candidates Platform, we look to restore that vision. Our goal is twofold, to educate voters on the issues of the candidates running for local and state office, and to give the citizen the opportunity to run for office by having a simple, intuitive, cost-effective place to manage their campaign. Let's work together to restore democracy to the people.
1: With our CP show, Uh, Diego here with uh, co-host Matteo. We're talking about uh, we're talking about We're talking about the CP show. We're talking about the ills of society, and I think we're now going to be expanding the reach. We're going to be going global, talking about international politics. I think something that I find very interesting. I think you know a lot of people like to kind of focus on you know, whatever, sports or whatever. And, and and I I think that's important, but I try and, you know, focus. Um, I, I like
2: to, right. we We got to be grounded in reality. Right, right. You know, yeah. We got to be grounded in, you know, what, what actually matters, you know. I'm sorry, the Super Bowl doesn't really matter. Right. right, right. But what's going on in Europe, what's going on in Africa, that's what matters. Right. And it's, that affects us. Right. And I, and I think, you know, what bigger right now than Ukraine, which... Right. Which, which is close to home for us. Yes. very close to home for us. You know? Yes, yes. We, um... I think we have we have we are Ukrainian part part, part of Ukrainian yeah yes. we have
1: a, a, a our we have a great grandfather who's from Ukraine yes so
2: yes so I I've always felt kind of Ukrainian in a lot of ways and so I identify as Ukrainian most yes. of the time yes yeah yes. I, I do identify as Ukrainian so, so yeah yes. so I mean <laughs> I
1: think we're right there you know I think we and I think that kind of gives us the ability to kind of you know we we, we can elevate add- yeah we can right elevate add- Context, yeah, you know, context that most people probably don't have, yeah, and, and we want to kind of do that to you. So, Mateo, um, going into Ukraine and Russia and kind of situation going on over there, what would what, what, you take? What's your take on on kind of what? Do you think we're gonna get involved in in a
2: war over there? <laughs> well, you see, it's definitely a situation. It's quite a complex situation with a lot of complexities uh, and nuance. To the, to the larger situation at whole. Um, I think I think it kind of begins with, uh, you know, what does Putin want? What is he, what is Putin, you know, what is his goal? And I think the best way to do that, and this is what I do usually, when I judge and kind of think about um, these, you know, these these, uh, these really complex subjects, I like to get in the heads of the people playing the game, right? Right, you know, because Ukraine, in an in, in essence, is just a chessboard for Putin at this moment. And, you know, I'm sitting on the other side of him, but what is Putin thinking? Where is he going to move his pawn? Where is he going to move his rope? You know, is, is this just a ploy so that he can invade us through Hawaii? We don't know. Or Alaska. You know, I think one thing is for sure. One thing is for sure. Ukraine might. I you know. I'm just going to go out and say it. I think Ukraine is a distraction. Really, I think it's a distraction for a larger homeland invasion by Russia via Ukraine and Canada, and I think that that's something that I don't know why the CIA isn't looking into it, but, you know, I, I don't know. What, what is your take on that? Uh,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I um, I think it's, it's definitely, it, I, I, I've never thought of it that way. You know, I kind of, I kind of think it's more of a, you know, a thing with you know when you have you know Donetsk, which is which is a part of the eastern Ukraine which is oh, re- exactly it's a region exactly there right. uh, <laughs> that's kind of been the forefront of, the, of this kind of proxy war I think what we have to look at is that you know how does this smaller ripple effect kind of kind of ripple bubble through Europe and Central Asia I mean uh, you know looking back and I always try and look through history historical context um, to this and, and I think it's quite similar to what we saw with the Austro-Hungarian Empire and the Black Hand uh, at the start of the Civil war with Civil War? I'm sorry, the First World War, where we had a small localized regional conflict kind of bubble up into this you know, international conflict. You know, we had Serbian separatists essentially assassinate um, a high-ranking member of, of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and then Russia got involved, and then Germany got involved, and then right. and then the Turks and England and Belgium and then the, you know, the US. And I think we need to be very careful. as just not allow that to happen now. Right. right so, you know, I right. mean, I think that's very, very possible. You know, is, is let's say if you know, Ukraine joins the EU and NATO, mm-hmm. um, you know, we would be obligated to go over there and, 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 and defend Ukrainian forces from, from Russian and Persian. And I think that's something that I think a lot of people are worried about because what would that look like? We haven't had a major war, you know, with two technological superpowers. You know, the wars have all been fought with one superior force against a guerrilla warfare type. Right. Right. But right, but to have a war of you know two you know very advanced te- technological superpowers. Two superpowers. Two, two superpowers. Two superpowers. Um, and then and then you bring China into the mix, and, right. and then you know India, yeah. three you know India and. And, and Pakistan, and Australia, and, and Japan, and Korea. Um, right, right. You know, you gain all these, you know, these these countries that have just vast amounts of technology, and 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 we could be looking
2: at a really devastating war, and I
1: think it's one we all want to wave.
2: Right. No, and I, and I agree, and I think you know, getting into Putin's head, you know, I think he's trying to see, you know, he sees us. We're we're in a position of weakness right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're incredibly divided. Um, thanks to his thoughts. Um, we're incredibly uh, indecisive, and we don't have a clear direction as a, as a country, right? So we're not necessarily stable in the sense that, you know, hey, uh, we have a, a threat, something we need to address. All right, let's all, we can all work together as a country and we can address that threat, right? And I think uh, a big part of it, too, is, you know, um, in the last administration, we kind of took a stance of being a little bit more you know, we wanted to be more isolationist. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, we wanted to essentially stop. We don't want to, I don't think anybody in America wants to get pulled into another Afghanistan. You know, mm-hmm. everyone saw how poorly that that ended. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a complete waste of money, time, and resources for us and the taxpayer. Um, and so when you, when you think about it, you know, that way, you're like, a lot of people think, okay, yeah, Ukraine, it matters. And, you know, obviously to us, it matters a lot because, you know, we're Ukrainian. But the issue that I see with um, we're thinking too much about Ukraine is that, it kind of puts us in, all right, either we're going to do something, we're going to go and we're going to combat uh, Russia if they try to invade, you know, or, or do we kind of have to take a step back and I think this will set the president for the rest of the 20, uh, what is this, the 21st century? Mm-hmm, the 20th, yeah, right, set the rest of the 21st century um, with how America's role in international politics and, and kind of the, the world stage will be. Are we going to let, uh, you know, I think this is a very pivotal moment, but I think it's very pivotal and I think. Prudence taking a bit of a, a of an advantage of of how um, how how is, of how important you know Ukraine is to kind of the geopolitics of Europe and Russia that we're we're really not looking at what's going on on the west coast mm-hmm. and by that I mean really the northwest coast because I don't know if, if you knew this but about eighty thousand years ago there was a land bridge that was there now. You know, global warming is something that's happening, but very easily, you know, China could shut off all of its coal production and possibly we could even see a little bit of global cooling. Well, I mean,
1: I think that's kind of an interesting concept because could you really, well, and that's the thing is that we, when we're looking at the like, kind of global economy and climate change and stuff like this, I think we need to look at it through a broader spectrum of because we're not an isolated, you know, island, completely cut off from the rest of the country. Be I the think there is the world, right? right? you know, we're, we're, we're all in this kind of thing. And so, you know, we have this kind of issue and we need to work together to kind of approach this subject. And I think i like to look at it um, kind of in a, kind of, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm a big fan of a, Tai Kui Hong, which is um, it's kind of a version of Chinese checkers that I play a lot. And what I do with it is a big thing is is it, it's all about kind of, you know, the movement of pieces on the board, right, of course. Yeah, and sure so that. I think we have to, it, it's kind of like a, like a, like a, a dance of a sword between the two sides. And so we need to work together to, to, to kind of fix the climate change issue. And I, it's something that I think when we're looking at it, I think it's something we need to focus on
2: the most out of everything else. Oh, so you actually so you believe the climate change is something that we need to focus on?
1: I do. I think I think it's something that we, we need to be worried about. I think, you know, this idea of just polluting rivers is I think antiquated.
2: True. And, true. and so yes, yeah, so no, I I I'm definitely I'm a big moment of kind of the climate change issue. Right. And I think re- response the responsible handling of climate change is the most important aspect of that too, because you know, we have to we have to do this in, in a way that is not going to be too economically detrimental mm-hmm. to
0: our country um, and to the greater country. And I think this is, you know the difficult thing too is it's
2: um, you know as as the rest of the world is the, you know the quote unquote as I do air quotes third world because um, I don't believe there's a third world. We're all one world here. But you know those countries right are one world so one race. I know I'm right 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 right. But going into that a little bit further. Um, you know, those countries, as they start to economically develop, you know, they're going to say, hey, you know, they're going to they're point to, you know, Europe, they're going to point to Russia, um, even though Russia is probably not on board with climate change, but they're going to report to Europe and the United States and Canada and all these, quote, unquote, again, air quotes, first world, one world, not first world, but, you know, for this, we'll say one first world. Um, the first world countries will say, hey, you know, you guys got to develop and become you know these really um, advanced eco- economies, developed economies. You know, without having to take into account climate change, you got to, you know, really uh, pillage your resources and pillage our resources in turn. You know, if we, you know, take that extra lens of colonialism into the, into the perspective. But I think it's more than anything else. It's, it's you know going to be them saying, well, you know, you guys can go ahead and do your thing, do your green initiatives. But what, you know, why should we be held to that standard? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, how can you really argue that? I think the interesting thing I thought I, I was, you know, I, I listened to a talk about
1: um, this one economist who basically said you know to, to kind of the Western world, he said, you guys had your industrial revolution. You know, you had that, that period of, of modernization from the kind of classical, um, you know, a, a, that kind of classical economy of, you know, each man was producing for his own right. family to now a kind of, you know, specialized industrial Um, system. And there is that kind of growing pains of, you know, one, um, you know, of of low wages and exploitation. And then you kind of then grow up into kind of more of a modern society. And then there is that kind of, and he he was saying, and I think it's something to think about is, is is it, is it something, are we being vain egotistical to, to say, hey, we know what's best. We're going to enforce, you know, our kind of, Western worldview on you, and not allow you to naturally and organically grow as a society, and, and and experience, you know, as they're going into that industrial age. I mean, imagine if if us in in America, you know, we're going into the industrial age, and then a super highly advanced, you know, power comes in and, and starts dictating the rules to us. On the short term, I think it is good, but then you're always dependent on that. You know, you're, you're kind of subservient to that, uh, you know, that power of them, basically, you know, because once they go that that, you know, that um, structure that they have built, that foundation goes with them because right. it's not organic. It's been propped up. Right. And I right. think when you look at that as well, uh, are we are, are we doing more harm than good in the long run by by imposing, you know, our structure and our kind of uh, groundwork? on them, and then should we
2: have let them organically do that? Right, right. And I think, speaking of economists, I think, um, one, one economist that I really like listening to a lot, um, uh, Richard Dawkins, um, and he talks about the idea of, you know, natural selection. And I think he was the one that actually kind of invented that idea of natural selection and evolution and stuff and kind of related that to economics. Um, but, you know, he always talks about, you know, natural selection, natural selection, when you think of it, in in the, in the context of you know how does it work for our economies, um, you know it's kind of like you know the economies that don't uh, you know that don't succeed they end up failing, um, and then that's kind of where this 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 thing happens of well you know if we're coming in and imposing our views and imposing our standards this Western standard of how uh, a country should run. It makes it a bit difficult um, because we're, we're getting into that process that has allowed us to become where we are. You know, right? like we didn't have anybody telling us, you know, we got to do uh, you know, this or that. We kind of were able to see and we had to, to feel, really feel the negatives of when we made wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you look at it, you know, I think that's where China is kind of playing a bit of a different role. They're coming in. They have just as much money, just as much power as the United States right now. They're going to all these African countries, and they're going to all these countries around the world. They're saying, "Hey, look, you know, we're going to help you out. We're going to build stuff for you. You're going to, you know, uh, you know, embark on these uh, kind of infrastructure projects in your country." Um, but you know, contrary to dealing with America we're going to let you run your country however you want. If right, you want to, right, we're not imposing those. Yeah, right. we're not going to impose our rules. And I think the 21st century, it's going to be really interesting to see how the United States keeps up with trying to have uh, the majority of countries on our side. You know, so that, that's one thing I that mean, is interesting. It is. I mean, I, I think, you know, I always look back to what Carl Wilhelm
1: uh, Didericci mm-hmm. said back in, and he was a, he was a kind of a theor- theor- um, ideologist um, in the 18th century in Germany. Um, what he was saying is that, you know, you can, can you can do, you know, societal control over group people, um, religious control, but the most powerful is economic. And right. I think that's kind of speaking to your point and your truth. Um, you know, that's that's what China is doing is, is they're they're, they're allowing the truth. Yes, right. And then they're allowing, the you know, these countries to have their ideological religious beliefs um, and, and customs, but economically. Control. And I think right. that's what we need to realise is that, you know, controlling the 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 culture is is is, a, is not really what you know we should be doing because we should allow people to have their own culture. We should be trying to um, to send the economies into a more humane and more um,
2: equitable form, I think. Right. Right? And I think that's where we need to kind of well and I think the biggest thing That the United States has to do is we as a country need to continue to speak our truth Mm -hmm. to power. Right. You know, and we have to make sure that we take control of the narrative and Mm -hmm. and really make sure that, hey, you know, we're here, China. We're here, Putin. You know, you want to come over that land bridge, don't think about it, because we have the economic power to make you pay. Right. And I think and I think that's that's
1: you know, we shouldn't we, we shouldn't be wasting lives. I think we need to have a dialogue. is the the most important thing so um i think it's it's something that i'm you know greatly looking forward to i think we can do it um and i I have to say i'm shocked but we are running um out of time it's been it just flies by flies by it's so much fun but uh we will be back at some point um we once we kind of everything ready we've been like i said we've been working on this on this project day and night and i think um, we're really excited to show it to you. We will let you guys all know about it. You can follow us, MacIvius um, on Twitter. We're on Facebook as well as um, LinkedIn. Um, you know, please, please be there. We'd love to talk to you guys more about stuff. Um, feel free to reach out with any questions, and um, we will be launching. And we'll be, you know, you'll definitely hear about it. We'll let you know. We'll shoot you emails. So we're looking forward to it. I, I want to say it's been. Such a fun, you know, over year. I want to thank the guys at BBS radio for, for always being there. They, they've been absolutely fantastic. And so um, with that being said, I think uh, I want to wish you guys all a very happy um, Saturday evening. Have a fantastic February. Um, when we will be back, we will let you know. Um, but I know I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to be back. I love doing this. I love talking to you guys. Um, and just kind of filling you in with the journey. So. When, when you do hear back from us, uh, which to be a totally different place, we're going to be live and ready to go. And I think our, what our plans are going to be is we're going to actually have uh, candidates running. We're going to kind of randomly pick them and, um, and have them on the show. And I think that would be a really fantastic time. So anyway, it was um, great talking to you guys. And um, I hope you guys all have a fantastic rest of your Saturday. Thank you to everyone for supporting us. And um, we'll be back soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Have a great, great Saturday night.